Do you want to learn what's left for humanity to discover? Well, you can find out exactly what we can do in this episode of Oscillating Knowledge, hosted by Chris and Z. Today, we will explore where humanity is on the cosmic timeline and what there is remaining for us to discover. First, we'd like to explain what classifies a civilization and kind of think about how you can determine where a civilization is. Like, for instance, um, a lot of people classify civilizations in terms of culture. Like, for instance, multiple different human civilizations have multiple different cultures to go through it um, to, that identify them. Yeah. And this can also apply to animals that exist as well. For instance, um, we already have monkeys that are entering the Stone Age, as well as cetaceans like um, orcas and co- uh, dolphins. Uh, their hunting techniques vary from place to place. So technically, um, that's them actively learning and creating a culture around what they do. Yeah. But in this case, a civilization... If we're talking about their journey in a cosmic scale, we're not really going to be talking about Earth as such. Or we'll be talking about Earth as a whole, but specifically humans, because humans are the most advanced civilization on Earth at the moment. So, much. generally, on the on the cosmic scale, right? When we're measuring civilizations, we'd usually measure them uh, through their progress, which is primarily energy use because as a civilization gets more advanced they begin to use more energy because they have access to all that energy and with more energy you're able to access more different tools to get you the resources that you need yeah um so essentially this scale is called the oh i'm gonna i'm gonna butcher this kardashev 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 scale um it's it was created by um Soviet uh, astronomer Nikolai Kardashev. Yeah. Yeah, so that ex- uh, that explains why it's called the Kardashev scale. Essentially, <laughs> it splits all um, forms of civilizations into the main groupings, type 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and omega. Yeah. So there's a lot of different uh, levels of civilization, um, and they are all grouped based on the amount of energy that uh, civilization can access, um, such as a type 1 civilization would be able to access the entire amount of energy from its own planet, whereas a type 2 civilization would be able to access all the energy from its star. Uh, type 3 would expand outwards to be able to access anything around its galaxy. Um, and then further on from there, you get uh, some more other type of civilizations. The more advanced sort of theoretical yeah. ones, which we don't know whether they're possible or not, but like to think that they are. Yeah, so usually they aren't exactly included in the main... Usually there are only three. Um, but when going on a theoretical kind of thought process, we can go further into uh, like four or five omega, things like that, um, which control energy of... The on entire like a, universe. Yeah, on a universal like scale and even uh, do stuff like control physics itself or even have the ability to create universes. Yeah, so in that case, we could be living in a universe that is created by a type Omega civilization and we could be the result of such a powerful civilization that's just decided to 
you know, Formless take control. Speculative evolution. Uh, become project. literal gods over our universe and want to be able to control everything. So there's that. Pretty much. Yeah. But so, yeah. Mm. So uh, within these scales, um, humans right now, we have not yet reached a type 1 civilization um, yeah. because we don't yet have the total amount of energy of our planet. So at the moment, we're around 0 0.75 on the Kardashev scale which we are beginning to expand outwards around our solar system, but we don't have the means of taking our planet's energy wherever we go and whatever we want to do with it. Yeah. Things like that. So, yeah. Um, the, the next thing we kind of want to discuss is how many other Type 1 civilizations there could already be out there. And I believe there's um, a universal equation for life, which we won't touch on because it's incredibly complex and yeah. mainly subjective. But essentially its goal is to figure out how, how likely it is that there's more life on another planet, um, or at least life like us. And yeah. essentially I hear the majority of the estimates I hear are around two to three in the entire universe. If it's two, that means there's only one other. And if it's three... That means there's only two other. So, mm -hmm. life as we know it is incredibly rare. It's it's so rare that we don't know of any any forms of life in the observable universe, which yeah. is it's upsetting, but also kind of fills me with relief a bit. Yeah, and the thing is, um, like people think that just because we haven't found any other civilizations. Uh, that they they can't exist, like they're impossible. But the problem with that is the universe is such a big place, and we don't have the means of searching the entire entire universe for every form of life there could be around us. Yeah, exactly. There are more important matters to work on right now. Yeah. For instance, global warming, um, stopping keystone species from going extinct, stopping um, stigma around apex predators, stopping stigma around even meso predators. It's, um, the main reasons why we're not into space is also due to the fact that we're also politically divided at the moment. Yeah. And honestly, I think it's a good thing that we're all questioning what's politically right and what's morally wrong, but at the same time, it's causing a lot of discourse and could affect how soon it would be until we can progress into a type 1 civilization. Yeah, um... So disregarding like these theoretical equations, because obviously we don't have an equation that will work, considering our sample space of, uh, you know, civilizations like us is only one. We've only found one, and that's us. Um, and comparing aliens to us, as we've noted, is a very bad idea. Yeah, it's because very... aliens could be anything. We don't exactly know what they could look like, what they could be. For all we know, we they could just be. Information. For all we know, they could just be dense blobs of neuro of like neurons, like matter. Pretty much, they could be anything. But yeah, there could be many other civilizations out there, or you know, civili uh, type zero civilizations which don't have access to much at all, um, and we wouldn't be able to contact them or know that they exist because their technology might not be like ours. Because we might utilize radio waves to try and contact others, but they might have a different mean. They that... might use um, light rays or gamma rays yeah. or even microwaves. Maybe they see in different light uh, in a different light spectrum. 
or like a different uh, point in the light spectrum. Maybe they don't even see. Yeah. Maybe they don't have eyes. Maybe they literally don't have any senses that humans have. They could have entirely new uh, theoretical uh, senses that, you know, we don't have and that we would have no grasp of understanding because yeah. we don't have them or have uh, experienced them. But yeah. Um, also, like, we all know that extraterrestrial civilizations, right, they're, well, relatively speaking, they're pretty rare because we haven't exactly found yeah, any. Yeah, we haven't really found any, and the only ones which we possibly could find would either be incredibly advanced because um, uh, they'd also need to find us or they'd yeah. be incredibly unadvanced. Yeah. Because we'd need to find them. And going Pretty back much. to that, um, going back to that uh, equation, like the around of average uh, estimates I hear, it's two to three. So if it really is two to three and not billions across the entire universe, um, then therefore we have to touch a bit on the Fermi paradox. Yeah. Now the Fermi paradox is essentially... Um, the idea that there's always um, a crisis that will happen to a civilization, whether that be discourse inside the species, um, uh, cross-species combat, something happens in space, they get a bit too risky with experiments, it could be anything. Yeah. But what it means... Um, it means that it's a bad thing if there's more alien life, if this is really true, because if there's more... That means we haven't hit this sort of mass extinction level event yet. And if yeah. there's less, that means that he, either humans have gone under the radar and gone past it, or are just in the waiting line. Yeah, because of co- according to the, uh, the Fermi Paradox, like there are these giant barriers that will are either impossible to pass or extremely hard to pass. And things like our technology right now... Um, and especially like nuclear explosives and things like that, we're on a path to possibly destroy our civilization if we, you know, get into big of wars with other nations yeah. around our planet, which or could if we be fail them. yeah, pretty much. And also, it uh, it also comes into the idea that it's not just another civilization comes and wipes us out or like we like make Earth uninhabitable for ourselves. Yeah. Technically, these sorts of crises and mass extinctions have happened around six times before in Earth's history. Mass extinction events, there are quite a lot of them. And that's just on Earth's history. Um, because, for instance, the dinosaurs. Mm. Very, very successful lineage of archosaurs. And they... Basically, the majority of them were killed out except for a group of theropods known as birds, which exist to our modern day. Archosaurs have existed for so long, even before dinosaurs um, evolved. And they still do to this day. And the thing is that the common trend between animals that survive mass extinctions is that there's not a lot of conflict between the species inside. Um, there's not a lot of conflict with other species. Um, they're very adaptable, and they're smart with resources as well. And I think humans need to work on a lot of those. Yeah. For instance, if we all respected each other and gave each other the help we all need, 
we there would not be so much discourse. Like if racism didn't exist, if sexism didn't exist, if um, being LGBT phobic didn't exist, there would be so much more peace. We'd have so much more time and energy to invest stuff in in things that are actually important instead of debating whether humans can have human rights. Yeah, but that's just the problem with humans. They get very political and they're very... Um, they have a lot of opinions that, you know, contradict others. As quoted by Aristotle, we like what we like, we don't like what we're not like, and we like to be what we're like. Yeah. Um, so that could be one of the reasons. Um but another reason for why life might be so hard to find is because the universe is just a big place. Like, it's practically impossible for humans to grasp the sheer size of how big the universe actually is. Um, now, obviously, people could think, oh, yeah, it's uh, it's infinite. Like, you know, it, it, it's big. It's so big. But It's big. I don't think people yeah. realise the actual distance between our star and the next closest star. Yeah. Like... We and have to be distance. traveling at the speed of light, and it will still take years. And that's a pretty long distance. Yeah. And um, the thing is that it's still expanding, I believe. Uh, yeah. I think the most commonly accepted theory at the moment is dark and gray matter, right? Or is it anti-matter? Um, I'm pretty sure it's dark matter. It, it might be either. I'm not too sure right now. But... Um, yeah, uh, the thing is, like, there's also, there's different thoughts, like, the universe could be a set size, um, but things might just be getting further away, like, that's also another possibility, yeah. because, um... But in the case where we're, like, we're not alone, well then, I think that's a good thing, we're not gonna yeah. have to fight with other beings, we're, we're not gonna have to perform any genocides, or, like, accidentally perform any genocides, like... Earth has a history of doing towards our own species multiple occasions. Yeah. Too many times. And I just think it would be a good thing. All the pros outweigh the con. And yeah. I think the only con is that we, if we do, if we are alone, there's no chance of running into a potentially very useful and kind older civilization that all they want to do is help other civilizations progress. Yeah, because pretty much. I know a lot of people who are like, hey, if I ran a civilization and I found one that's in need of help, I'd give them the help so that they don't have to do that work and then we'd have an ally. Pretty much. That's that's honestly what I would do. So yeah. Obviously not all civilizations are like that, so it's a massive it's a massive gamble. If uh so yeah, like if the universe um if we are alone in the universe, that would practically make the universe a perfect sandbox for us to expand and too. play with uh, yeah, later when we um, get more technologically advanced. Because once we have this easy travel, if it's even possible, um, if we are able to travel extremely long distances in a short matter of time, and if, say, each person could literally own a planet of their own or an entire like solar system yeah. of their own... Like how rich families can own these small private islands in the Indonesian archipelago. Yeah, that could be a solar system. They could have multiple planets uh, where they have mining industries on certain planets, you know. Yeah, or maybe, or maybe, capitalism is just abolished entirely and a new, more efficient system is created. Perhaps. We don't know. We don't know. I mean, wouldn't we wouldn't know until that happens, or if it even happens. Yeah, if humans don't die out via their own means first. 
Yeah. But on the other hand, um, if we aren't alone, there are there, you know, there are a few different scenarios, right? We could either be in deep trouble from some sort of civilization wanting to end the human race, such as like a genocidal one that just goes around and kills various civilizations for power. Um, or even if we enter um, a hive, uh, find a hive mind, or um, a swarm, as like Stellaris quotes it, Stellaris, like a, a very devouring good game. swarm. Yeah, devouring swarm, and that's actually honestly, it's not an inaccurate uh, representation of what some very advanced animals do. Because, I mean, yeah. yeah. Take um, social insects and termites. Yes, social insects and termites are different. Um, they work together as a colony and do what's good for the good of their colony. Now imagine if all of them worked together and said, hey, let's do, let's, let's do it for the good of our species or even let's do it for the good of our entire f- taxonomic family group, then they would most definitely overtake humans. Yeah. And, like, if, like, say, um, like, hive minds, if we ran into a hive mind, there's a very likely chance that they'd beat us if we definitely. had... Um, because, like, it's pretty much a bunch of them all thinking as one, so they're thought process... Like, th- they literally only make one decision, or multiple decisions with one consciousness. Um, which means they can control multiple different, uh, I guess, take this as an example, like people, right? Um, you can have multiple people um, doing all different things, but controlled by one consciousness, which means that yeah. they all know what they're doing and they all know what they want to do, which means they can have a perfect, efficient process. Just like take the architects from Subnautica or even Horde Prime from She-Ra. Um, they're, they're examples of what successful sort of, um, well, not really close to the end of their stories, but the, mm. the, uh, they're a look at what successful civilization looks like and after what could potentially be our downfall. Yeah. Um, and on that note, um, like, why is space so hard to colonize? Like, what makes space just such a difficult place to get a hold of and get to the places that we want to get to? Um, and the answer to that is it's just such a dangerous place, especially for humans, right? Like, the vacuum, uh, we can't breathe in the vacuum. We need some sort of, like, uh, tool in order to help us As well as the fact that just space travel is so long and so resource, um, resource heavy. Yeah, um, things like radiation, like just living on a space station above Earth... The amount of radiation that uh, the astronauts receive is significantly higher than anywhere on Earth. Um, and then also the low probability of finding habitable habitable places for humans is just uh, p- pretty unfortunate. Because it's main- yeah, it's mainly just like, our anatomical um, constraints. We like just for, can't yeah. live on any planet that we find unless we get into terraforming, but that's or like a whole different we, yeah. story. Or unless we specifically breed humans to be able to sustain these sorts of harsh conditions. Like, for instance, in Among Us, it's actually canon law that the astronauts are human, except they're really, really short and really, really packed in yeah. um, as a means to fight gravity. Mm. Um, as well as the ideas that we could use androids even potentially 
though that's a really um, scary topic for some people due to a misunderstanding of what androids are. Yeah, um, and there there are a few films that I've seen. I can't exactly remember the names of them right now. Um, one of them in specific explored the idea of uh, putting a human consciousness or like a human's brain inside of a um, inside of like a metal sh- uh, chassis um, and pretty much having a human as a robot. So everything about them is robotic except for their consciousness. Which is a really interesting concept. It's like kind of full on cyberpunk. It's also purely theoretical because like there's no way we would know if that's possible at all right yeah, now. Yeah, because we don't really understand what consciousness is. Yep. Um, and then uh, finally, just b- before we get this finished um, and move on to next episode, uh, we just want to kind of ask you all, how would we colonize space? Yep. How would we go further as a hu- uh, like a human civilization? How could we go further and explore more around us? Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast, um, episode four of Oscillating Knowledge. Yeah. Hosted by Chris and Z. And we'll talk to you in the next episode on how to colonize space. Bye. Goodbye.